My name is David J. Harris, Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris, Jr. Show. Friends, my guest today really does not need an introduction, although I, I will. Uh, he came on the scene for me. I saw him when he was standing up for bodily autonomy. He was standing up for freedom in the face of these absolutely tyrannical mandates that are being pushed on pretty much everybody. Jonathan Isaac plays for the Orlando Magic. Uh, he actually had the opportunity, we may get into this, to go right out of high school and try out for the NBA, but he decided not to do that and he went to the Florida State Seminoles instead. But he is a, a rock star. He is an all-American all, all athlete. He's somebody that the league absolutely appreciates, and we appreciate his voice and his stance. My guest, Jonathan Isaac, my brother, thank you so much for being on with me today. How are you doing in the midst of the chaos? David, I'm doing great, and thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you and uh, uh, you know, just continue to push this thing forward. Well, I'm excited. I've been excited since I reached out to you on Instagram. I, I saw the video. I'll share it in a minute. I saw this video of you absolutely standing up for freedom, standing up for people's choice, and you've been taking heat from that. Uh, you, you, from the league, there's so much chaos in the, in the NBA right now. And it seemed like all the chaos of last year and all the BLM stuff. And there was just so many people that were turned off from just watching it because it wasn't about sports anymore. It was politics right front and center in your face. And now we're trying to get out of the pandemic. We're still in it because of all these mandates. And now they're pushing the mandates on you, professional basketball players. Uh, so for you to come out, did you, did you know that it was going to send shockwaves around social media, around the world, literally, when you came out standing up for freedom? You know, I didn't. And I, I, I'm honestly glad that I didn't know because I probably would have been a lot more nervous. Um, you know, in my mind, I was just like, to me, this seems like the most rational position um, that at the end of the day, you're talking about putting something into people's bodies. And it, it only makes sense that it should be their choice to then, you know, cosign to say this is something that I want to do or this is something that I don't want to do. And that's before you even get into the conversation of the virus and the vaccine and what those things look like and mean statistically and around the world and age groups. And to me, that adds so much gray area to where it should even more so be um, a conversation between an individual and their medical provider on whether they should take it or not. But that, that's just where I was coming from. I was like, you know, this makes sense. Um, I believe that re religious freedom is, 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 is real. Uh, your, your freedom as an America is real to your bodily autonomy and those things should be respected by everybody. Um, and so I kind of just went in there with kind of, I had an idea of what it is that I wanted to say. And, and I wanted to dispel a lot of the, you know, the, the wrong um, uh, messages that came out in that Rolling Stone article about the things that I had said um, in it. And so I wanted to dispel that. I wanted to share that. And so I kind of just went in just like that, but to see it blow up, I was like, man, there are a lot of people who, who agree with me, who feel the way that I feel. And then even more so, you know, people who are reaching out to me every single day that are losing jobs, that feel that they don't have a voice. And I've, I've, I've taken I've taken it up to um, be a voice um, for, the, for the voiceless. Well, you, that's exactly what you did. And uh, yeah, I'm glad you didn't know the kind of shockwaves that you sent because, uh, you know, you you were so articulate. You're very intelligent. You added and talked about the data. Uh, the data and the cases and the individuals and, and who's really at risk and how much of a risk are people really at? And mm -hmm. let me ask you this. Why do you feel, why do you personally believe that we're not hearing about those statistics that you shared uh, even more than we are from all mainstream media outlets? 
I, th I think at the end of the day, it's because there's an agenda, um, you know, by, by the people who are, you know, at the top of, of, of administering media and news to people. And, and you would think that in a time like this, where everyone is so crazy about um, not taking away from the people who have lost people to COVID, but everybody was so hysterical about people dying and, and this being the worst virus in the world and everything going crazy, you would think that they would want to out of just compassion and empathy and, 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 and wanting to do right by the people that they're you know, providing this information to, they would want to go out and share things that are correct, um, share all of the, the different sides of not just the virus, but the vaccine, um, that natural immunity um, that the science is pretty clear on when you natural immunity and, and people who have contracted COVID is long lasting and robust. And um, the fact that these things aren't being um, you know, talked about uh, myocarditis in, in young men, um, you know, un under 30 is not being talked about and wasn't taken seriously in the beginning. And so uh, a lot of those things aren't being done. And it really is a disservice to the American people. Yeah, it is 100% a disservice to the American people. And I believe you and I, I share that nonstop on my show as well. Uh, the, the mainstream, most people don't understand that 95% of mainstream media is owned by five conglomerates, five corporations, and then they filter down the messaging from there. So whether you're watching it on your local TV station or you're watching it on one of the bigger networks, you're still hearing messaging that's being pushed out by the top, by those that are administering. And uh, what they should be talking about is exactly what you said. I, it's it shocks me that nobody wants to talk about uh, you know uh, immunity anymore from uh, from COVID if you've already gotten it, and nobody wants to talk about uh, you know the potential for getting infected again if you actually get the jab. All they're pushing is sure. get the jab, and they're literally pushing people to make a decision of their career, of their livelihood. Uh, I'm sure you've been getting messages like I have. I've been getting messages from Union Pacific Railroad workers, PG&E workers talking about the linemen. If you think that the, the pilots and the air fl the flights that are being canceled is big, wait until the PG&E linemen aren't working the lines anymore. Wait until the railroad, railroad workers aren't working the trains anymore. Uh, what do you What do you think is is really at stake here if Americans don't wake up and God bless those that are waking up and taking a strong stance like you are to say, absolutely not my body, uh, my personal freedom. I'm not going to do it. What do you think is at stake if Americans don't take that strong stance for freedom? Well, ultimately what's at stake is, is, is our freedom as we know it today. Um, you know, what, what people have grown to love about America is the freedom, the freedom of religion, the freedom to be who you are, start business, work, do all those things. Um, we'll see those things, um, you know, decline and we'll reach a point where we look back and ask how the heck did we get here? Um, and so I, I think those are, those are a lot of the things at stake. And it's, to me, it's, it's sad that um, the people who, to me, have been weaponized to, you know, to go out and just berate people and beat people up over whether they should take the, uh, the, the vaccine or not right now, it's just something that they agree with. So they see it as, you know, it's just a vaccine, take the vaccine, but they're not understanding the bigger picture um, that if we concede that our bodily autonomy is not as important um, as our jobs. And uh, uh, the things that we're on, we set a precedent that in the in the future they can come after our jobs. They can come after what it is that you know our livelihood and the things that we want to do um, to be compliant with what they want. And so the people who that they are agreeing with the vaccine right now, it snowballs to in the future. It's something that they don't agree with, and they're looking how the heck is the is the government or anybody going to take away my job for something that I don't agree with personally? Um, you know, and they they won't have anybody around them to champion them or to be a voice or to stand with them. Yeah, that's 100% accurate. It's it reminds me of the uh, the saying. I believe it was uh, a Polish saying 
You know, they came for the Jews and I wasn't one. So I wasn't worried. They came for this group. I wasn't one. So I wasn't worried. They came for that group. I wasn't one. So I wasn't worried. Then they came for me and there was nobody to stand up for me. It seems like that's literally the pot of boiling water that's taking place right now in our country. For sure. For sure. I, I, I second that quote. That's dope. So I want to share this clip. This is what caught my attention to you, uh, to your intelligence, to your uh, uh, understanding the data, uh, put, presenting a very solid case to this reporter that was trying to ask you why you wouldn't just uh, comply and get the jab. This is what I posted that went absolutely viral. What is it about the vaccine that, that makes you uh, hesitant to, to, to get it? Uh, I, I would start with... Um, I've had COVID um, in the past. And so our, our understanding of antibodies, of natural immunity has uh, uh, changed a, a great deal from the onset of the pandemic and is still evolving. Um, I understand that the vaccine would uh, um, help if, if, if you catch COVID and uh, you'll be able to have less symptoms um, from contracting it. But with me having COVID in the past and having antibodies um, with my current um, age group and uh, uh, fitness, physical fitness level, um, it's not necessarily a fear of mine. Uh, taking the vaccine, um, like I said, it would decrease my chances of uh, uh, having a severe reaction, but it does open me up to the, albeit rare chance, but the possibility of having an adverse reaction to the vaccine itself. Um, I don't believe that being unvaccinated means infected or being vaccinated means um, uninfected. You can still catch COVID um, with or with not having the vaccine. Um, I would say, honestly, the, the, the craziness of it all in terms of not being able to say that it should be everybody's fair choice without being demeaned or um, talked crazy to doesn't uh, make one comfortable to do what said person is uh, telling them to do. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's, that's a couple of the reasons that, um, you know, I would say I, I'm hesitant at this time, but at the end of the day, uh, I don't feel that it is, um, you know, anyone's reason to come out and say, well, this is why or this is not why. It should just be their decision. And, um, you know, loving your neighbors, not just loving those that, that agree with you or look like you or uh, move in the same way that you do. It's, it's uh, uh, you know, loving those who don't. Jonathan, my man, you laid it down. I don't think those reporters knew what to say or even felt that they knew that that was going to come out of your mouth. What was the response right then in that moment? Did any of the reporters say anything to you afterwards? Did any, any players talk to you afterwards? What was the initial response after that? You, you know, actually there was. There, there, there were several people, um, you know, uh, I'm not going to name any names, but people that, that, that sat in on the press conference, um, reporters that came up to me afterwards and said, yo, <laughs> that I completely agree with you. Um, and even one who said, I, I have a different outlook on the vaccine but I completely agree that you should have the freedom to decide on whether you should take it or not. And I told the person, I, I think that's the right way to go about it. Um, at the end of the day, you, I believe that you can be, you can be pro vaccine. I'm not against the vaccine. I am against tyranny and authoritarianism. And to me, those things are much more prevalent. And like you said about the Polish thing in history's past, uh, much more deadly than COVID has been, you know, to this point. And uh, so you can be pro vaccine, you can be for it. But to me, um, you know, the right stance on if you've taken the vaccine or not is, look, I've taken the vaccine, but it will be over my dead body before my coworker, before my friend, before my family member loses their job over something of this sort. And so you can be pro-vaccine, but you can also stand for people who have the, the freedom of choice and believe that at the end of the day, our freedoms are the most inherent, God-giving American things that we have. And for them to be uh, 
you know, threatened or wrong. But, you know, the, the responses were like, like that. Everyone was saying, you know what, I agree with you. Um, I didn't know that, you know, that those things about, you know, natural immunity and those things that aren't being talked about. So I'm glad that was that I was able to shed some light for me personally. But honestly, my biggest reason has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the people um, because I don't I don't have a vaccine mandate. The league isn't mandated to take the vaccine so I can still play. I can still make money. Um, but for the people who, who are in a hard place and in a tough place and are losing their jobs, that was for them. I could have went up there and said, you know, it's my privacy. You know, I don't care. Um, but I felt the need to share um, for the people um, who are in those tough places and losing their jobs. And, you know, just just encourage them, you know, keep the faith. God got us. I think this is such a time to have your faith in something greater than man, greater than government. And I, I, you know, I, I love you preach and continue to. So, yeah. So let me ask you this, then there's so much uh, there's so much going on with with Kyrie Irving. Uh, he's being told that he cannot play. He can't practice with his team if he doesn't get the jab. What's going on with that? If there's not a mandate in the NBA, what's happening with Kyrie? So the, the Kyrie situation is a bit different from mine because of the city of New York. And so the city of New York and the city of, I believe, San Francisco have mandated um, that, you know, large gatherings have to have everybody, you know, vaccinated. And so with the arena that they're in, I, I believe this is the case with the, the arena that they're in, you have to be vaccinated to enter it because it's considered such a large gathering. And so for him to play home games or uh, practice at home, he would have to take the vaccine to enter the arena. And so what Kyrie was, what I believe that he was geared up to do was to play half the season and just, you know, stand on that principle. But then now the team has come out and said, we won't allow you to be a halftime participant of the season. So you either are allowed to play if you, you know, comply with the, the vaccine mandate or, you know, you won't be playing for the, the, the Brooklyn Nets. So that's pretty crazy on, you know, I've shared it before. Uh, I heard it originally from, uh, from Breitbart. Uh, the founder of Breitbart, uh, politics is downstream from culture. Culture, right? I think NBA is a pastime. It's a culture for so many of us that just love to sit around with family, you know, cheer for our, for our athletes, watch them perform, you know, win, lose. We love to see them put, pour, their, pour their heart out and, and put their blood, sweat, and tears on the, on the, on the, uh, on the uh, court. And uh, it's a part of our culture. But now it's the politics that's dictating what we actually get to see. So it's interesting. You're pointing out San Francisco and New York, very blue states, which we see a lot of people moving to red states to get out of these mandates. Uh, these blue states are initiating and putting restrictions in place that's impacting NBA players. And then you've got, and I'm, I'm sure you stand up for uh, Kyrie's stance. I mean, that's kind of your stance as well. Bodily autonomy, it's our, it's our body, it's our choice. While personally, I've never believed that that's actually worked for the way that the left has used it because a baby's body is not actually a part of the woman's body, but they use that phrase. But when it comes to our body, it is 100% our choice if we should get injected with something that we feel that we don't need. So for Kyrie, uh, I showed you this clip. I want to get your reaction of this clip of Stephanie Smith going off on Kyrie. I'd love to get your reaction to this. Stephen A., should our position on Kyrie change? Yes. It should change in regards to Kyrie. Um, it should be even worse than we originally imagined. I mean, this is some of the stupidest nonsense I've ever seen. Just flat out stupid. So you don't have a problem with taking the vaccine? Your position is that you're going to sit up there and compromise 
the championship aspirations of an organization you signed on to represent. You coached Kevin Durant in the signing on to represent. You coached, you played a role in coaxing James Harden into signing on to represent. You're going to compromise all of that because you want to give a voice to the voiceless. So there is Stephen A. Smith absolutely blasting Kyrie, saying that our opinion of him should be worse because he's standing up for bodily autonomy. He's standing up for freedom. And in the end of the video, he calls him stupid. Now, you know, I, I don't think it's a stretch of the imagination, uh, Jonathan, to think that he'd probably say the exact same thing about you uh, if you were in this situation well, because of your stance. What do you think is going through the mind of somebody like Stefan to, to blast another uh, a player uh, and, over this issue? What do you think is really going on there? Yeah, I, I think it it, um, it it goes with what I was saying about people being weaponized to a degree because of the, you know, the, the, the media giant and the, the thing that these people are being fed. And I saw another video of Stephen A saying that, you know, he would never compromise his job um, for something like this in terms of getting vaccinated and not getting vaccinated. And honestly, all that tells me about Kyrie is that Kyrie is a man of principle. Um, and he's saying that it doesn't matter what my job is. It doesn't matter how much money I'm bringing in. It doesn't matter that I brought KD and James Harden here. I'm standing on the principle that people should free to make their own decisions. Um, and to me, it shows his courage that he's willing to, and that's the hill that he's willing to die on. And so um, I think it takes immeasurable strength, courage, and boldness to go against, um, you know, what's popular in, in the media and all of that stuff. That, that it's, it's a real thing that the media and, and their ability to, to beat people up and gang up on people is real. And, uh, you know, his resolve in this time, you know, even if you don't agree with the way that he's gone about it, um, you know, it's, it's, it's strength and it is strong. And um, it, it's quite sad to a degree um, to hear some of the stuff that, uh, that Stephen A was saying. Um, I think with being a man of principle, it takes one to know one. And so I see it in Kyrie. And so, um, you know, to, to, to hear that stuff from, 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 from uh, Stephen A, I'm sure he wouldn't agree with anybody on a, a spectrum that doesn't agree with him talking about a player or a person that he, you know, cared about or, um, you know, in that manner. And so to think that we should treat anybody worse because of their personal beliefs, um, no matter if you believe them or not, is, to me is un-American. Um, and, uh, you know, it goes against everything that, that this country stands for. And at the end of the day, the rights that God has gifted us with being here. So, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it, 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 it kind of dishe it's kind of disheartening to hear, to hear that um, and to think that, you know, this is an, another, you know, another brother um, per se that people would, uh, you know, that, that people would say, oh, you know, you, you fight for, your, for yours. And I think that Kyrie is fighting for not just him or not just people that look like him, but people all around the country and all around the world. Um, and it's a fight I'm willing to engage in. And, and like Kyrie is a hill I'm willing to, to stand on. Yeah, because it's a very strong, I mean, his, it, he was a very, he made a very strong stance on that. He could have very easily just said, you know what? I respect the brother's decision to make, you know, his own decision for himself. He could have, he could have left it, he could have left it soft, but he went off. He went hard. And like you're saying, that's like, that's like bullying. And to see that coming from Stephen A., to an NBA player, there should be some camaraderie and respect there, but we just didn't see it. We didn't see it and didn't hear it. What do you think that says to any of the other NBA players that may get put in the same situation? Do you think it's going to push them one way or the other? You know, I, I think any NBA player seeing that, um, it's not something that'll sit well with them. Um, you know, the players that know Kyrie, players that don't know Kyrie, 
um, that in the, at the end of the day to see his line that he's trying to be a voice for the voiceless, to me that, 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 that screams strength um, at the end of the day. So, um, and, and, and in a way, a lot of NBA players feel that way. You, you take the, you know, you take last year, like you were talking about all the Black Lives Matter protest and the, uh, you know, Stephen A would be the first one saying that he, his position was to be a voice for the people that aren't um, being heard in the black community. And so to see that flip-flop and attack Kyrie um, for being a voice for, for, for people is, is, it doesn't make sense. And to me, it's hypocritical. And so, uh, so yeah, so I, I think other NBA players seeing that it, it would be disheartening. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I just, I just pray that, you know, Kyrie is, you know, continues to be strong and, and is encouraged. Um, yeah. Well, I think you nailed it on the head. Hypocritical. It's a, it, he's a hypocrite. Yeah. He, he was championing the BLM stuff and then it comes to this and it's, it's completely flip-flopped on it. Uh, I wonder if he watches flip-flop Fauci at all. <laughs> Fauci's flip-flopped on a whole bunch of stuff. You don't need a mask. They don't do anything. Now it's two and three masks. You need something. So let me get to this because I've been enjoying watching your Instagram videos, Jonathan, and with your platform and especially with God expanding your tent pegs, so to speak, expanding your platform and your reach on social media, you're not shy about talking about your faith at all. I mean, you're, you're praying, you're sharing the word. And I just love it because I, my audience knows I, I'm, I'm all in for, for Yeshua, right? Jesus is my Lord and savior. I wouldn't be here today. I'm bought with a price. I'm not my own. I'm his, and I'm here to do his plan and his will for me, but to hear and see you sharing what you're sharing, it, it it's exciting. It's inspiring. Why do you do that? Well, first off, <laughs> to, to God be the glory, you know, everything that's happening. And um, for, for me, it's experience, man. Like, you know, like, like take me standing in the bubble, you know, for instance, I mean, it, people will say, oh, you know, you, you're just throwing Jesus at it or you're just uh, you're just going with the the uh, the religion answer. But it, it's been an experience. Jesus Christ has been the answer for me in my life. I've experienced what it is to be. For, to, to be to be known by his love and his grace and he's he's grown me into the man that I am today um and I'm not ashamed of it so when it comes to Instagram and other things I think people are trying to be their their authentic self and put that out there and honestly if, if I'm on Instagram and I'm not talking about Jesus and other things then I'm not being authentically me and that's a disservice to, to who he is and what he's been to my life so um I love him <laughs> I love that he loves me uh like you said I'm a sinner saved by grace and just trying to give him all the glory for everything that I have and everything that I'm doing. So uh, that, that's where that comes from. Let me ask you this, because I can feel it in you. But like you said, so many people think that it's just a religion. It's just something you're adding on the bookshelf of who you are in life. Uh, is it re is it about a religion or is it about a relationship? 100% about a relationship. Um, and I, like you said, I think I think that's a that's a huge place of where people miss it. Religion is about rules and and us working our way to God when God is effortlessly and divinely lovingly worked his way to us um, through his son, Jesus, that died on the cross for the sins of the world. So um, when it came to me standing in the bubble, that's the message that I was trying to get across, that Jesus is the answer, that he loves us. Um, it is the verse, Second Chronicles uh, 7 and 14, that says, if my people who are yes. called by my name would humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways and pray, I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sins and I'll heal their land. And America and the world needs healing. Um, and we've gone in circles about which what's the answer and which way to go. And, um, you know, I think Jesus is waiting on us to humble ourselves and understand that we all, everybody falls short. Everybody's a sinner. And to, to hear Stephen A kind of, you know, shortly plug, but not really give agency to, um, you know, nobody being perfect and, oh, yeah, everybody makes mistakes, yada, yada, yada. Um, but that's the truth. Um, and, and 
Stephen A does not sit in a seat high enough to look down on Kyrie upon. And so, uh, you know, none of us do. And so uh, Jesus is the only one that can point fingers, but chooses not to, but chooses to engage us in love and, and grace and mercy. And um, I think that is um, so evidently true in just everyday life and how we would want to be treated. So the same way that Stephen A would want to be treated, I think he should give that same respect and courtesy to Kyrie. But, um, you know, that wasn't there. And so, you know, just to pivot back to that, Jesus uh, is all about relationship. He's all about um, that God so loved the world that he gave he gave son that whoever would believe in him would have, you know, eternal life. And so uh, that's a relationship that I've been a part of. And I, I love um, every part of it. Let me ask you this. How, uh, when did you, when did you get saved or when did you have your awakening to, to who he is and give your life to him? Were you younger? Was, were you older? So I, I, I was older. And so for, for me, I grew up in church. So my, my dad was Holy Ghost <laughs> all day, every day we were in church. <laughs> All the time, my mom always had us in church and uh, basketball. My, my parents had split up and we moved with my mom, my brothers and my sisters. We moved to Florida um, and then uh, basketball just took over. I started playing. I started getting good. I was the number one player in Florida. I ended up being the sixth pick in the draft, like you said. But uh, basketball, you know, took over my, you know, everything. It was it, I found my identity in it. I found my purpose, my love, like everything that I wanted was wrapped up in the game. If I played well, I was up. I played bad, I was down. Um, and it, it, it controlled me to a degree in terms of, um, you know, the, the notoriety and the fame and all that stuff. It was, it was what I wanted through basketball. And, uh, and I, had my, I had this picture in my mind of what I thought a man was. A man had the money, a man had the women, a man had the cars, and I wanted that, I wanted to taste it. And then I got to the NBA and I was able to, and I quickly found out that, you know, it wasn't all that it was chucked up to be. And then I found myself, um, you know, after getting injured and after uh, going to chapel one time with, with my teammates and the chaplain said, Luke 646, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? And it hit me, I was like, man, that's me. That's, that's me. And I started to think about, you know, my, my roots from coming up in youth group and all the seeds that have been put into me then. Um, and I, then I just started to seek. Um, I started to seek and just seek and just seek. And then uh, I found a church here in Orlando, Jump Ministries Global Church, and um, have just been growing. You know, the pastor's just been pouring into me, Dr. Deron Hepburn. Um, and I just, I've just, he, he's shown me the love of God. And that's really what I was missing. That's really what I was after, uh, that God loves me for me. He doesn't love me because I bounce a basketball. He doesn't love me because of how many points I've scored. He loves jacked up Jonathan for jacked up Jonathan. And um, that's what I can appreciate about him, that he's not, He's not a God of the hills only, but he's also a God of the valleys. And he's been there for me in hard times and uh, going through college, taking anxiety medication to get on the court and play to now where I'm able to stand on what I believe and articulate myself in a way that I never imagined being possible. And so uh, that, that's that, that's my story. But I've been I've been going to that church here in Atlanta for like three, four years now and just continuing to grow. I got married like three weeks ago. And so, you got uh, married three weeks ago, married three weeks ago. That's amazing, man. Congratulations. I did not know that. I hadn't seen that yet. Yes, sir. Congratulations, brother. I'm 27 years married. How old are you? I'm 24. <laughs> so I've been married longer than you have been a lot. My oh, daughter, my you're right between my daughters. I got a 25-year-old and a 23-year-old. Okay, awesome. Well, God bless you and your marriage. Thank you, brother. God bless you and your marriage. But your story, you know, it's resonating. And I just, I just feel God actually leading uh, I don't want to put you on the spot. And I think that it's going to come from an authentic place and from a true place. But I really feel like so many people are watching or listening to this podcast, or the show, and they they have found or tried to find their joy or their peace uh, in other things. 
And now they're hearing from a successful NBA star, professional athlete that is living the dream. And yet you're saying you find your peace and your joy in your relationship with God. Yeah. And Jonathan, I would just, I would just love for you to just say a prayer as short or as sweet or as long as you want. Say a prayer for those watching and listening right now saying, you know what? That's me. I'm the one that hasn't been actually being real with God. I'm the one that actually hasn't been real with, with myself. And I need to put my best foot forward and I need to acknowledge God and his goodness and invite him into my life. So go ahead, go ahead and pray, brother. Yeah, and, and, and just before I do that, the, the one thing that I think people will, 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 will like to hear that, that the one thing that I always tell young people when I see them today is that growing up a, after having my roots in Christianity and growing up and experiencing the world and looking out into the world, like, man, like there's so much out there that I want to experience and everybody else is having so much fun. Um, what I've experienced is that the world does not love you. It mm. doesn't, every, everything is a facade about what's real, about what's true. It's all superficial. There's nothing that, 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 that's grounded in anything that's true. And what I started to understand was that God wasn't trying to take anything from me. I always thought he was trying to, he was trying to take away the fun. He was trying to take away the girls and all this stuff, but he was really trying to get something to me. And I mm. see that now in my wife where I'm like, man, like God wasn't trying to take away what I was doing before. He was trying to give me my wife, Takeda but I would have never been able to get her if I wasn't willing to give up what it is that I thought I wanted. So understand that anybody who's watching this, that God is not trying to take anything from you. He loves you. He has your destiny, your purpose, everything in mind from the very foundations of the earth. He's trying to get something to you. It's like when your, when your mom tells you, don't touch the stove, but you, you just got to touch it. And God has got, he has his rules and his things in place for our protection and for our yeah. growth, for us to become who he's called us to be. And that is where we'll find ultimate joy happiness, comfort, peace, and love. So yes, Father God, Father God, Lord Jesus, thank you for everybody that's listening um, and watching this podcast and show. I want them to know that they are so loved, that they are known. They are known in their inward parts. They, they're known with, the, with what they struggle with, with how they think of themselves, with how they feel about themselves. But today, only what you feel about us and only what you think about us matters. You loved us. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So you love us not just in our good, not just when we're all dressed up, but you love us for us, our sin-loving uh, nature itself. So God, I just cover everybody that's listening from, from the, their, their hearts and their minds and for them to understand and know that everything that is of value, everything that is greatness in this world, everything that has purpose and destiny is found in you and they cannot find it anywhere else. You are the life. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And if we would keep our eyes on you in time, no matter the craziness or all of the, 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 the turmoil and all the stuff that's going on right now, if we will keep our eyes on you, if we will find strength in you, you say that be of good cheer because you've overcome the world already, that even though we'll go through tribulation and trials, that we can trust you and that you love us and you'll keep us every day of our lives. So I pray that everybody listening would, would, would find themselves in you, that you would be the Lord and the savior of their lives, that they would get out of the driver's seat of their lives and they would allow you to come in and drive by making you Lord today. And so in Jesus name, we cover that. We bind every, every source of backlash, every, the plan and the schemes of the enemy, Lord God, that is defeated already, that they would have no, they would have no purpose in their lives, Lord God, that they would come into the fullness of who you are and experience you for who you are. And they will come into the fullness of who you desire them to be. In Jesus name we pray, amen. Amen. Woo. My brother, I feel God's presence all over me, all over this podcast, this interview. And I just want to say the one listening right now, if you just prayed that 
with Jonathan, you know, talking to God is prayer. You just mm -hmm. talk to him, just talk to him. He, he asks us to just confess the things that we know that we've been doing that we shouldn't be doing. The things that we know are keeping him, keeping us from him. Confess those things, ask for forgiveness for those things. And as Jonathan said, you know, you, you, Jesus paid the ultimate price so that we could have a connection with God, the father and with Jesus that's born out of purity and only the purity that comes from him. So confess those things, invite him to come into your life. Just say, I invite you to come into my life, be Lord of my life, make me new and set me on a path to follow you. That's it. Just pray that. And if you prayed that, whether you're watching or listening, please comment uh, and share what uh, just happened. Cause I know God just showed up. I feel it. All hey, listen, over. I, I haven't, I haven't done this. This is, this is awesome. You know, wow. I, I, I haven't done this on a lot of podcasts. So I, I commend you for your platform and what you're doing. And just again, to anybody that's listening, the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So yes. confess yes. with your mouth that Jesus saved me. I, I want to be in right relationship with God and then put in the work. Put in the work is key. And when it comes to being in a relationship with somebody, you got to you got to conversate with them. You got to learn what they like, what they dislike. And that's what it is with being in a relationship with Jesus. You're saying, God, I'm I've, I've been driving my life for long enough. And I, all I've come to understand is that I can't drive. I'm depressed. I'm angry. <laughs> I'm sad. I'm hopeless. I need you to get in the driver's seat and drive my life. So what you're saying your way and not my way. I'm giving up the keys. I'm giving up the steering wheel. I'm going to do things your way. And what I'm saying to you is in my life, in my experience, the more that I've done that, the more that I've put God first, the more that I've said, God, you know what? It's not about me. It's about you. What do you like? And I'm going to do things your way. And I've, I've prospered and God has blessed me and I've grown into the man that I am today. And I concur and second all of that. Uh, my whole life, when I've tried to do it myself, it's I've driven myself off a cliff. And emotionally, you know, physically, and when I when I say okay, not my will, but yours, and I yeah. follow him, he's he's taking me places I would have never dreamed possible. I mean, I don't know about you, but it was a it was one of the highlights of my life that I got to interview President Donald J. Trump last week. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> It was amazing. Almost 20 minutes. I got to interview the president of the United States on my podcast, on my show. Uh, just, I mean, again, I, I shouldn't even be alive today. If people that know my story, I shouldn't even be alive. I almost overdosed and died. I didn't. God kept me alive about 11 years ago. But uh, so from, from the complete ashes and the dirt of what I'd made of my life, to be here now with this platform, to be able to interview individuals like you, successful NBA star uh, that's that's aligned as well with heaven's uh, with heaven's resources and with heaven's plan, and also to be able to interview the president of the United States, it's like, yeah, what what? It's a testament to what God can do with a life that just sure. says yes. Sure, keep going, keep doing your thing. That's awesome. Well, Jonathan, such an absolutely amazing interview, my brother. Thank you so much for being the voice that you are, the voice for reason, for common sense, for being willing to stand up and be a voice for the voiceless. Uh, thank you for your uh, responses on, on Stephen A. And But more importantly, I just pray God would continue to expand your platform, expand your reach. I just see that he's, God's going to open up doors for you that you didn't even know could open. New realms, new, new avenues for you to be able to be the son that he's called you to be and share the message that he's put in your heart that's going to impact millions and millions of youth. I see that for him, uh, from him for you, brother. So I'm just saying yes and amen. And to you, get ready.
Thank you, David. <laughs> I, I received that. <laughs> I, I wanted to tell you uh, just, just one last thing. I'm working yes. on a book right now. Um, I'm working on my book. It's called Why Stand? Um, mm. And it, it plays off of, you know, my decision to stand in the, in the bubble last year. And right now it, pl- it plays into the, the, the whole thing with the, the, vac- the vaccine and everything. And, and where it comes from is, like you and other people, when I decided to stand, people said, you know, how courageous it was and how bold and how, you know, grand it was. But what I, my decision in writing the book was, man, I want to show people the journey of where I've come from and how I've gotten to this place to be willing to stand, not just on principle, but on God's word. And so, uh, you know, I told you a little bit about how I, I was in college at Florida State, um, you know, on anxiety medication to play because I just couldn't hand being the big man on campus. Or, or I didn't see myself as capable of handling the situation, um, but it's been God's love. It's been finding my identity and God, my purpose in God that has got me to this place of confidence in him and boldness in him. Um, and I'm laying that out in the book to give people an understanding of, I wasn't just standing off of uh, cliches or words, I was standing off of experience with God. And for people to read and say, you know what, Jesus is real. He has to be real to take this young kid from where he was to where he is today. Wow. And where can people find that? Uh, I'll, I'll have your uh, your uh, your uh, handle on the screen for your Instagram, but where can people connect with you uh, outside of social media and where can they get your book? When is it coming out? So it is in the works right now. It's finishing up. Um, it's not out yet, um, okay. but I would love to come back on if I can when it's when, Absolutely. It, when it's out to talk about it. Um, but like, again, social media, you can, you can follow me. I'm going to be talking about it and getting people excited about it and pre-ordering and all that stuff. So, uh, that is coming soon. And the last thing is that I have always had a vision of creating the Christian Nike. And what that means for me is with, (laughs) with, with, with just with everything that the way that the world is going, I want people to be able to look great, feel great, wear great, but then have something that aligns with their heart posture and principles and the things that they believe in. And so a Christian founded sports and apparel brand where the, the product is superior, but the cause is better. And so uh, that, that's what I'm working on right now. It's going to be called. Wow. Unitas. And uh, yeah, I wanted to put it. It's going to be called what? Unitas. Unitas. Oh, I love it. Where, where'd the name come from? The name comes from trying to unite this world, um, you know, but by the gospel, by Christ, but then at the same time, um, being being able to unite people around that share that same sentiment of of of, of faith, of family, of convictions that are um, that are founded in God's word. Unite us! I love it, absolutely love it. I would love to have you back on when that book comes out, and sure. uh, so and and encourage my audience, everybody watching, to buy it. But more importantly, to follow you right now, for now, since your book's not out, and to pray for you. You're going to have an army of people praying for you and for your new wife. Congratulations. Please tell her congratulations for me. And may, may uh, all, that, all that you dreamed and hoped that your relationship and your marriage could be, be blown away by what God actually does in your marriage. Thank you, David. I appreciate that. And I receive it all. You're the best. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Friends, please share the mess out of this. 10, 15, 25, 50 friends, share this podcast, share this episode. People will be pleasantly surprised and I believe uh, also impacted greatly by what they hear or watch in this show today. So God bless you. We will talk to you all again next time. And don't forget to get over to my website, get your Let's Go Branded shirt or All Lives Matter or Unvaccinated Lives Matter shirt at davidharrisjr.com. God bless. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Peace. 
My name is David J. Harris Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris Jr. Show.